slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak, and Price! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could be with us today as we talk all things Islanders hockey. Game two in Tampa tonight, 8 o'clock face-off, probably 8-10 when you get down to it. Uh, But this should be an exciting game, and the Islanders have a chance to take a 2-0 series lead over the defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. We will have a full preview of today's game uh, on this show and a look back at some of the subtle things that Barry Trotz is doing that help the Islanders win hockey games. You need more hockey news and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps every day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. So, game two is tonight, and we have got a lot to discuss with regard to that, and we will get to it. We also have our Islanders' birthday of the day and uh, some keys to the game for tonight as well. If there's something Islanders-related on your mind, you have a question, you have a comment about something we said, a a topic you'd like us to talk about, as long as it's Islanders-related, feel free to email the show, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com is the address, and uh, if you leave your name and where you're from, we are more than happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. You could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And uh, we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during every Islanders game. So, Barry Trotz facing an explosive, talented, and deep Tampa Bay Lightning team. A team that... He hasn't seen all year, but did see, obviously, in the playoffs last year. They, uh, It was the Lightning that eliminated the Islanders in six games in last year's playoffs. And for the third straight series in this year's postseason, Barry Trotz knows he doesn't have home ice advantage. And, you know, that is a tough thing because you go up and down the Tampa Bay lineup and you you know this is a gifted, talented team. And you ha- hear names like, you know, Point and Palat and Kucherov and Stamkos and Kalorn. And, and, and you know you've got uh, a tough assignment on your hands defensively. And you're on the road. The opposition has the last change. So what does... Barry Trotz do. And we discussed it briefly on the show a few times, but I wanted to take a much closer look at it. 
you don't have the last change. So what Trotz does, and it's very smart, and he did it in the Boston series as well. He splits up his top defense pair of Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick. And sometimes he plays them together, and sometimes he splits them up. And that recreates a bit more of a problem for the opposing coach who wants to keep his top players away from Pelik and Pulak. So here's what you see in game one against Tampa Bay. Pulak and Pelik, eight minutes together, five on five in the game. Pulak plays five minutes and 40 seconds with Andy Green, two minutes and 46 seconds with Nick Letty. Adam Pellick, in addition to the eight minutes with Pulak, goes three minutes, 46 seconds with Noah Dobson, and two minutes and 58 seconds with Scott Mayfield. What does this mean? It means that, well, it means a, a, a number of things. First of all, it allows Trotz to shorten his bench when he needs to, defensively. And when you break down the final on-ice numbers from game one, you see how it worked out and actually worked out well. Noah Dobson, by far, had the least number of minutes played out of the six defensemen who dressed. 12 minutes, 24 seconds, and, you know, he got a significant amount of that time that time. Not a majority, but he got some of that time on the power play. That allows your other five defensemen to play more minutes. So four defensemen, Pellick, Mayfield, Pulak, and Letty, all above 20 minutes. Pellick with 23-28, Mayfield 22-43, Pulak 21-23, Letty 21-01, Andy Green at 15-50, almost 16 minutes for Green. But it means that roughly 60, maybe 65 to 70% of the time, you've got at least one of your top two defensemen out there. And it allows the Islanders to have at least one of their better defensemen on the ice, no matter who the Lightning send out there. So unless Tampa Bay is sending out its fourth line, you've got good odds that at least one of your top defense pair is going to be on the ice against your Stamkoses and your uh, Kucherovs and all of those, you know, your points, those talented players that the Lightning feature in their lineup. You are almost guaranteed that you're going to have somebody out there in that lineup. So it, 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 it is a subtle move. That, a, that sort of takes the home ice advantage and minimizes it. Doesn't take it away because the last change still belongs to Cooper and the Lightning, but it minimizes the impact and it gives the coach and the Islanders organization, you know, on in the game, more flexibility and makes the opposing coach work harder and sort of undermines their game plan a little bit. So it really was an, 
effective move, and it worked against the Lightning. And you look at the game stats and the number of quality scoring chances that the top four or five forwards on the Lightning had. Minimal. You know, we talked about it on yesterday's show that their top four players had, what was it, four or five shots on goal for the whole game. You can't do that very often against the Lightning. And yet it's something that the Islanders managed to do and do very effectively in game one. And that is a huge edge. And it's just one of the small things that Barry Trotz does that plays to his team's strength and minimizes the advantage that the other team has. And it's just a a great move. You may not notice it right away, but it really does make a difference in the game. All right, we've got more to discuss when you look at the keys to game two, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a lot more. All of that's still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterperson orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So let's look ahead to tonight's game two and and some of the keys. Uh, Obviously, a few of them should be obvious. They need another strong game from Simeon Varlamov. Varlamov outplayed Andre Vasilevsky, and everybody is talking about how great Vasilevsky is is he won the cup last year he's a very strong goaltender and he really uh provides the lightning with great chances to win now the islanders beat him five hole uh, on the first goal and you know maybe they'll try to do that a little bit more often the the blast from uh the point on the second goal uh really fooled, I think, uh, Vasilevsky, but overall, he didn't play badly in game one, but uh, he had to be close to perfect, and he wasn't, and certainly he, you know, would want at least one of those two goals back, but again, having Varlamov at least be equal to, if not better than Vasilevsky, is always a key. Another important key for the New York Islanders is to have their players stay out of the penalty box. The only goal that Tampa Bay scored was a six-on-four goal with an empty net. And, uh, you know, the Islanders were down two men as a result of the power play plus the pulled goalie. And, look, the Tampa Bay power play is very, very strong. Very, very good. And for the Islanders to win this game... When you're going up against talented players, 
like a, you know, Kucherov and a Stamkos and a point. All of those guys, if you give them a little bit more time and a little bit more space to operate, you are in trouble. So keeping out of the penalty box is important. And then obviously making sure that if you do take penalties, and eventually you will, but you want to minimize them. And then when you take those penalties, the penalty kill has got to step up and answer the call. And often that means Varlamov has to be the best penalty killer. But uh, continuing to play well under those circumstances is important. The other thing that's important, obviously, is to control the neutral zone. And it's something the Islanders definitely did. They minimized the opportunities for the Lightning as a result. And they have to keep on doing that. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, keeping yourself one step ahead of the opposition is going to be very, very important. And the Islanders, you know, look, here's what Ryan Pulak had to say. We stayed composed. We didn't get too worried. We just continued to battle. When it comes playoff time, you need all lines going, and that's the reason we've had success to get to this point. We just have to keep growing our game in that aspect. I think tonight was a good step for us. I think we played the right way. Here's what Barry Trotz had to say about it. And I think this is a telling quote from Trotz post-game, game one. We managed the puck. We were disciplined. We didn't take a lot of unnecessary risk. We checked with our feet. We made pretty good decisions, and offensively, we made pretty good decisions in the offensive zone, even though we only got two goals. I thought we managed the game pretty well. Well, you got to continue to manage the game pretty well, because it isn't going to be easy. Pulak had another quote that I thought was very interesting and very telling. They're going to be adjustments made. They're going to make adjustments. They're going to come hard in game two. We've got to be prepared for that. It was a good win tonight, but we're back at it for game two. And look, Coach Cooper won the Stanley Cup last year. He is not a Stanley Cup winning coach. And Barry Trotz is not a Stanley Cup winning coach because they don't know how to make adjustments. So the chess match between the uh, coaches is ongoing. And we'll see how it goes there. But yes, the Islanders need to get their four lines going. And they need, it is important for the Islanders to keep rolling those four lines. And every one of those lines does their job. And against Tampa Bay, you got a guy like Hedman who is big and strong. And and McDonough who's experienced on the blue line. You got to just play smart positional hockey against these guys. And there's no shortcut to it. There's no way around that. You got to play smart. You got to be uh you got to be intelligent about it. And at the end of the day, there is you know, you can't try to get those fancy goals. Those may come occasionally on the power play, or if you get a breakaway, you know, you got to cash in on those rare opportunities, but dirty goals, tips, rebounds, deflections, 
getting someone in front of Vasilevsky and trying to distract him and screen him and, and, you know, do those things that create the so-called dirty goals. That is something that this Islanders team is going to have to keep doing. And not just the, the fourth line, but the first line as well. Now, another key, again, you want to get the Pajot line out there. You know, you have Pajot, Zajac, and Palmieri. You want to get them out there as often as you can against Tampa Bay's top line and then continue to have one, if not both, of your top defensemen out there anytime those dangerous scorers hit the ice. So these are all challenges. The other thing that the Islanders really need to do and did not do effectively in game one, the power play has got to get on track. Realistically, in the first power play chance that the Islanders had, the Lightning had more scoring opportunities shorthanded than the Islanders did on the power play. And, you know, we've seen in the Boston series, when the Islanders' power play is clicking, they are fantastic, and they can really be a difference maker in a game or in a series. But when they're not clicking, boy, you know, I've heard interacting with fans on Twitter during the games, calling it the powerless play. And, you know, getting zero shots on goal on a power play and giving up a breakaway and and another scoring chance during your power play is just not going to work. So special teams are more important in the playoffs than they are during the regular season. Islanders have to stay out of the box as much as possible, kill penalties when they can, uh, when they have to rather, and then the power play, it doesn't always have to score, but it's got to get chances and create momentum when it doesn't, and it can't give up quality scoring chances like they did in Game 1, and thankfully Varley came up big when he had to and kept the team from giving up a shorthanded goal. We've got more to come here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day and a few more uh, angles to look at Game 2. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is now in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. And look, there's a lot more sports action. You have the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and of course, NFL training camps are just a month away. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next face-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams go on their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So it's time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and today we want to wish a very happy 48th birthday to former Islanders forward Dean McCammond, originally drafted in the first round, 22nd overall, by the Chicago Blackhawks back in 1991, the Alberta native 
uh, made his NHL debut late in the 91-92 season, played five games for the Blackhawks, then went on to play for the Oilers, the Blackhawks again, the Flyers, the Flames, the Avalanche, the Flames again, the Blues, the Senators, and then finally, late in the 2008-2009 season, 18 games for the New York Islanders. He had two goals, nine assists in 18 games for the Isles, and then closed out his career the following year with the Devils. McCammon finished his career four games short of 1,000 NHL games, had 186 goals, 448 points, and added uh, 46 games in the postseason, including six goals and 13 points. He was more of a Two-way forward with an emphasis on defense and checking. Did have a 20-goal season with the Flames in 0-1-0-2. We're going to look at one of his better performances with the Islanders. That is March 2nd, 2009 at the Nassau Coliseum. The Colorado Avalanche come to town. And it was Andrew Raycroft in goal for the Avs. Jan Denis, the goaltender for the Islanders in this showdown. And it was Dean McCammon breaking the ice late in the first period. His fifth goal of the year, John Sim and Jeff Tambellini. Uh, that was the fourth line that day, and uh, it was 1-0 Islanders after one. In the second period, uh, former Islander Ryan Smith, his 22nd from Paul Stastny and Milan Hayduke. That was a power play goal. Just 33 seconds into the period, John Sim was off for tripping, and it was even at 1-1, but the Islanders got two more goals in the second period, one by Jesse, Jesse Yoensu, his first from John Sim and Joe Callahan at 231, and then Bruno Gervais, his first from John Sim and Blake Como at 1304. After two periods, the Islanders held a 3-1 lead. Ryan Smith scored again early in the third period to make it a one-goal lead, but Jeff Tambellini closed out the scoring four minutes and 48 seconds into the third his third of the year from Mark Streit. Final score, Islanders four and the Rockies two for our Islanders birthday of the day. Dean McCammon, one goal. He was a plus two, and he scored on one of his three shots. 20 saves for Jan Denis as the Islanders earned the victory. So uh, once again, a very happy and healthy 48th birthday to former Islanders winger Dean McCammon, and we wish him many, many happy and healthy more. So, big game tonight. If the Islanders can win it, they are in the driver's seat heading back to the Nassau Coliseum. And it all comes down to this. This New York Islanders team is prepared mentally and physically to play their style of hockey. And... The one thing the Islanders did, you know, they had other games that they were probably uh, a little bit more dominant in. But as far as playing their style and controlling the tempo of the game, I think they did that better in game one against the Lightning than they had in any other game in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, there were games where they dominated for five minutes, ten minutes, a period, whatever the case may be. But as far as dictating the tempo and taking away the opposition's best weapons, especially weapons as talented as those that the Lightning possess, I think that really gives the Islanders, you know, a lot of credit. You have to give them a lot of credit for shutting down those players 
and it will be a very difficult challenge to do that again in game two. Uh, but if they can do it, boy, being up two to nothing, heading back to the Coliseum is great. If not, well, you know what? Earning the split already is a good thing, and uh, hopefully it is something that uh, they can build on once they get back home. So Islanders with a, a pretty good chance here. Uh, they've already accomplished their basic mission and a chance to extend it and really take control of this series. If they don't do it, don't panic. It's going to be a battle. Anyone who's watched this team this year and, and even the last couple of years, you know nothing comes easy to them, but they usually find a way to get it done at the end of the day. So uh, if they lose, don't don't panic. Uh, they've already earned the split, and that's what you set out to do as the road team in a best-of-seven series. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow with a full review and analysis of Game 2 and a look ahead to Game 3. Don't forget the game is tonight. A little after 8 o'clock is the opening faceoff. I'll be live tweeting throughout the game. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Have a great day. And, of course, let's go Islanders.